The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I mean the host, Johnny Townsend, and I'm joined as always by my ghoul in crime, Matt Boo Johnson. Uh, oh yeah! <laughs> the Undertaker's right-hand man has joined me! Welcome to Retro Pop. Hello. Hello. What if we just did that the entire time? <laughs> just, just me, but me and Paul Bear. Yeah. I think you should, maybe you can be on panel discussion this week. Oh, ooh. Mm. Uh, mm. Cheap plug. Check out panel discussion. It's a really fun show. Not if I have anything to say about it. Oh, oh no. No, Hexall, get out of here. We don't have time for your shenanigans. Side note. Uh, and this is completely really going deep in the woods here for our listeners, but uh, I saw on Twitter that good old Hacksaw Jim Duggan got his Twitter account back, so the world is good and going around and spinning just fine now. That's that is a great news. That is fantastic news. <laughs> Take that, tough guy. Oh, he literally did say something very similar to that as his first tweet back. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Calling people tough guy, you tough guy. Uh, but speaking of. Well, this is a terrible transition. But speaking of, uh, and not at all having anything to do with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, today on Retro Pop, of course, it's the month of October, which means it's quite a spooky time, Matt. And we're going to talk about a very scary film. Hocus. Hocus. I am so excited for this one, Johnny. When you mentioned it, uh, that I was gonna be, we we're gonna be covering it. Another flood of nostalgia. All right, I know you're uh, newest. You're the new co-host of the Nostalgia Funhouse podcast, and uh, there was a lot of, a lot of good memories surrounding this one. This one, I mean, we're gonna get into personal history in a little bit, but um, doing the research, I mean, I don't, I didn't really remember its origins right when it came out. It, I just. I just knew one day it it ended up in my VHS cupboard, and as a kid, and it was there. It has a very, very interesting history, and it, uh, it, it's oh, it's just it's the perfect Halloween movie. It really is. I'm I'm a sucker for these um, Halloween movies that aren't like slasher horror films because yeah. those are not my bag. Uh, but Hocus Pocus, you know, Ernest totally get scared stupid you know there's a nightmare before christmas all these movies i adore so uh, i like the aesthetic of halloween for sure it's 
definitely my second favorite holiday. I'm just a sucker for Santa Claus and Christmas, but it's it's really close with that though for me. I love both of these. Uh and Hocus Pocus. Uh I was well let's 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 just do it. Let's get into our personal history with Hocus Pocus. A glorious morning. Makes me sick. I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. That's right, Hocus Pocus. Uh, ever since I was aware of its existence, which actually, this is a movie that I do believe I saw in the theater as a kid, um, which is pretty wild. Because when we get into it, I, I totally remembered everything about when it first came out wrong. <laughs> so, and we'll get into that for sure. Uh, but this is a movie, obviously, ever since it came out, and then it really started. I definitely remember, um, like, by the time I came, like, a, a late teenager, like, you know, 16 on, and up, that's where this started to become a staple of my Halloween viewing. I like to watch it at least uh, once during October. And side note, the sequel, which we're not going to talk about very much, because A, it's literally came out this year, so it's brand new. Uh, and yeah, it's B, not very retro. Not very it's retro. not very retro at all. <laughs> but uh, I did enjoy it. I do think it's pretty fun. So uh, just throwing it out there. Matt, what about you? What's your um, experience with good old Hocus Pocus? I think it's very similar to yours as far as being an annual uh, and a tra- uh, sense of tradition uh, yeah. for my family. I know that one thing we, you know, really like to do, Halloween is, you know, a really top-notch variety of Halloween-esque movies, right? You got really, you got the nice horror movies, right? With uh, your, 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 your Michael Myers and, and yeah, baby, yeah. No, not that one. Uh, <laughs> Jason, Freddy, all those cast of characters. And there's a lot of very fun ones. Um, and Hocus Pocus definitely falls in that category. Um it's it, we used to go so what our plan of attack was every single halloween was we'd get out of school we'd hand out candy for a little bit get dressed go do our rounds or trick-or-treating and then we come home and we watch hocus pocus we get dinner we just chill out we turn the lights off and it was the perfect ending to halloween um I don't feel that magic so much anymore because it's just, I don't know. I don't have any kids. You know what I mean? I'm kind yeah. of on my own. So, but that luster, my, my best memories of Halloween involved me sitting around uh, and watching Hocus Pocus. And now, um, you know, now I can do it kind of whenever I want to, but it was, it was, it was cool. Yeah. I remember just one year, my mom bought it and, and well, just show it. Did I was looking for movies to watch. I think it was around October. And I was like, what is this hocus pocus thing? I was probably four or five years old and popped it. We popped it in and we we watched it. And then it just became a tradition after that. But um, I was in love with uh, what's uh, what's her name? Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. She uh, <laughs> I say this only half tug in cheek. Uh, she's when I discovered that I was hitting puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, very, I was. She was very she's very attractive in this. Yes. Um, yeah, my voice got real deep. I was only five years old, Nate. Five years old. It's like, wow, what is this movie? <laughs> wow, she's pretty. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, she, it was. Yeah, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I could watch it over and over and over again just for that. But there was such, you know, such a great cast of characters, and I love. There was some relativity, relatability. Um, with a lot of the characters and man, I just, 
those those movies that revolve around like Halloween, like the trick or treating aspect, Halloween that that took place in the '90s were made of the '90s. I don't know. They just feel good. They just feel yeah. right when you watch them. And uh, yeah, I just it was great. It was great. I I literally like it. I know we're gonna talk about its release, but. I can't believe it got the result that it did upon initial release. We'll we'll just say that. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty pretty wild considering where it's kind of at now in uh you know in our pop culture. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, it has a sequel like twenty years later. <laughs> right. No. It's geez. pretty wild. Is it twenty? <laughs> Something like that. Right. It came out in. Um, no, it's 90, almost thirty. Yeah. Almost thirty years, my man. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, God it came out ninety three. We're old. <laughs> we yeah, are. it came out in 93. Next year will be 30 years. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, it's that's a rare thing where a movie gets a sequel that much later, I would assume. Yeah. I mean love- Tron Tron kind of did because the original trying to come out a while before that second one came out. Yeah. Um, but I'm really blanking on I'm sure there's other films that have done that, but it's just really Dune. <laughs> yeah, Dune, Dune maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. like I don't know. It's it's uh it's it's not very common, but that speaks to it. I really noticed its surge in popularity, like once social media started, yeah. like once I got on social media, and then it was one of those things like you grow up, you don't really talk to other people about, like one of those movies that you're not like, hey, you know, Hocus Pocus and that. But once you see everybody posting about it every Halloween time, like, oh, Hocus Pocus time, or yes, time to watch Hocus Pocus, like just making yeah. posts about it, it's like, wow. Yeah, and the reason I know it's, I mean, this is something that I would say for the end here, but I'll forget, so I'm just going to say it now. The reason that I know this thing's about staying power is, like, a couple years ago, uh, Funko released some exclusive Sanderson Sisters to, it was either, it was one of the craft stores, like a Michael's or something like that. Yeah. And I wanted them badly and could never get them. They were always sold out, always. As soon as they got them, they couldn't keep them in. I've since gotten them. Uh, they did like a re-release, and I was able to get them that way. But uh, that's how I knew. It was like, I mean, that was only a couple of years ago. So for a movie, like you said, that's almost that's 30 years old now. So uh, that's impressive. That's impressive. But uh, let's get into the history of... Yeah, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. Let's brew and I'll bet you hag. There are not enough children in the world to make thee young and beautiful. All right, man, I thought we would start this with just kind of rehashing the plot a little bit. I'm going to assume most people out there have seen this movie. I mean, it gets played annually on cable to start with uh, all the time. I think uh, one of those channels like that plays it almost every day. <laughs> they're October, basically. Uh, so, uh, but the gist of it is the Sanderson sisters, they're witches and um, they're, uh, they this movie is actually really dark if you think about it for a kid's movie because it starts out they basically murder this little girl they suck out her life pretty much to because that's how they stay young yeah and they turn her brother into like they curse him and turn him into a cat forever and then they get hung by the townspeople (laughs) that's how this movie starts uh it's a in, in pro wrestling terms, it is a hot start. Most yeah. certainly is. And this, keep in mind, this is a Disney film. Uh, so they get hung, and the only way they can come back is this curse is when a virgin. And this was a big news back in the 90s when this came out. They even say that on a Disney movie, virgin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Always um, pushing. They're always pushing a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, just little now bit. it's nothing. You know, virgins are everywhere. I mean, I'm standing right here. <laughs> I'm a board again, <laughs> and not not by choice. <laughs> and uh, so. <laughs> And so, of course, uh, Max. We we enter our uh, our main character, Max. He's a teenager. He just he and his family just moved from California, and um, they, uh, of course, because they're all the little high school stuff. By the way, side note: there is a part where the really and I had a crush on this girl too because she was really attractive. The girl he has a crush on, mm-hmm. and I thought she was incredibly beautiful. Still is, by the way. And uh, he. Like this took balls, in my opinion, in the middle of class gets up and hands her his number. Right. Like I wouldn't like, you know, that's you have to work yourself up to even ask somebody out. And he does it literally in front of everyone in class. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, I could never. I could never. I that's one of those things, too. I watch that stuff. I get like nervous. Like I'm like, oh, man. What are you doing? Like, don't do it. Even though I know that. The- <laughs> Save yourself. Get out of there. Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 100. percent That's relatable. And yeah. And then we meet his uh, family, and the the more important one of the family, of course, is his little sister. And uh, you could almost say she sort of steals the, the movie when it comes to the the main cast of kids. Oh, for sure. Because she's really good in this. I mean, everybody's actually really good in this, but, you know. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, they tell the tale of the Sanderson sisters. Uh, um, they think it's a joke. But Max ends up lighting a candle. And guess what? Max, Max I'm going to try to whisper this just in case there's uh, innocent ears. Max has, has never had sex. And he lights this candle. Uh, and that's all it takes. And the Sanderson sisters are back again to run, uh, and I quote, amok, 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 <laughs> amongst the town. And they're there for revenge. Uh, and they're there, to, of course, to take all the children. So that's where this movie kind of takes off. You get to meet uh, Binks the cat, who can never die, which is really great because it gets run over really pretty violently by a bus. So thankfully, he's okay. Uh, you get to meet Billy uh, Butcherson, the zombie. Uh, you get to... I meet a lot of really fun characters, and of course, we all know. I'm not going to spoil anything, even though I guarantee everybody's seen it. But yeah, the good guys win. That's all I'll say. Or do they? Because there's a sequel, and the sequel is actually. Have you seen the the new one yet, man? I have not yet. But if you want to talk about it, you're more than welcome to. the The sequel really, you can tell whoever uh, wrote the sequel really loved this first one That's because good. they don't retcon anything. Uh, and it definitely plays off of this one, hundred percent. What's and, your What's your opinion? I, I favorable, like very favorable, or as far as this the second one? Without, I mean, you don't have to spoil it if you don't want to. Yeah. But. Yes. Yes. I think so. Okay. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was pretty dang. It was much better than I was expecting. I th- I think we talked about this on panel discussion, but I always get nervous when a long time with a, when an old property comes out with a sequel years down yeah. the road. I do I do always. think it was smart to Disney Plus it. If you know what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't know how this would have done in a theater. I do. I mean, it probably would have done all right to open a weekend just from nostalgia. But uh, I this for this is one of the better movies made for Disney Plus movies that I've seen. It's yeah. Really, it's done really well. It you can tell there's a real love for the original. You know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the cast returns from the original, and um, it's just 
really and the new characters that they add um, are all in my opinion likable so oh good yeah, yeah like i said i've seen uh we've talked about it on panel but i've seen far too many movies come out years after the original and they've just bombed you know they it sells on nostalgia and it just doesn't quite live up to the hype yeah and it, it happens time after time so it's always good to hear when there is one that that succeeds as well you know so my wife's seen it um she said that she would probably she'd be willing to see it again um so maybe we'll have to watch it this uh sometime this month but but yeah i always like it's legit always get nervous because i just <laughs> man it, the originals right it's so hard to repeat the magic right yeah, when there's, there's a, there's a when reason there's, the originals stand out in your mind right yeah yeah it, there's there's a big difference between no expectations and being surprised and then high expectations then being disappointed so yes um so very yes. good uh, i mean i can look at the rob zombie monsters movie that came out <laughs> this year too. i am not happy with it but that's me uh but yeah uh the one thing i really like about the sequel too is the ending um the main i think the main crux of the sequel is the relationship between the sanders and sisters and uh, they really, really talk about that. And that's one thing I really, really liked about the sequel. All okay. right. So that's Hocus Pocus in a nutshell. But the idea for Hocus Pocus actually came from uh, David Kirshner, who's ended up being the producer on the movie. Oh, he's related. Uh, is he related to our good friend Baron von Kirshner? We have to ask. Uh, we have to ask Baron whenever we see him on the panel discussion. <clears throat> but uh, he was apparently outside with his daughter one day and. They were sitting there when the neighbor's black cat kind of strolled by and he just starts making up this story about this cat. And it was like, this cat used to be a boy and he became a boy because these three witches cursed him and it took off from there. So he actually runs this idea by a script writer. And the first script was written by Nick Garris, uh, who's famous for a movie. I really love batteries, not included. He wrote that. Uh, I really love it. I don't know if you've ever seen that Matt, but that movie is fantastic. I don't think I did. It's really, really good. It's a to me, it's a hidden gem. Uh, and Disney would buy the script in 1984. So this movie was actually in script form for a decade before it actually would come out, which is not unusual. Actually, that no. happens quite often. And the original title of the of the movie was Haunted House. Uh, so I think they changed it for something better, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I definitely think the name. I, I think part of the allure of Focus Pocus is in the name. Yes. Yes. Uh, and Haunted House just seems very Halloween generic. Generic, right. Yeah. All right. So uh, the script would end, up, would end up being rewritten multiple times. And they would actually try to uh, start production multiple times. You get stalled many times. Uh, and I'll get into it in the DigiNose. But, of course, they had uh, cast who would change. And all this kind of stuff. Uh, but it was really in a holding pattern. It wasn't going anywhere until Bette Midler uh, got a hold of it and said, hey, I really want to do this. And that's like, wow, that's a name. That's somebody people know. Uh, okay. And I'm really glad they did because I, you can't picture to me anybody else other than her doing that, doing that Sanderson sister for sure. I can't picture anybody else doing any of the Sanderson sisters now. No, no. They're, you can't. You can't redo that you can't remake it with a different cast it's just yeah don't touch it Leave yeah it that's be. why the sequel would not have worked if they would have tried to uh get three new sisters or something like that it must agreed not have worked agreed uh because uh, of course they get bet midler and then they um i never say of course sarah jessica parker and kathy i always say her last name wrong is it nia johnny something like that something to that effect i never uh, say jimmy 
Oh, you're right. That sounds better. Kathy uh, Najimi. Yeah, but she is incredible. She's really good at this. Just even from her facial expression, she does this thing with her lips that's pretty funny. Uh, and they said oh. that she just was doing that when they started producing this. She did. Uh, I didn't know she was Peggy Hill. Yeah, she's the voice of Peggy that's Hill. That's cool. Yeah, she's done a couple of things, actually. But uh, yeah, uh, but she's uh, probably the funniest of the three sisters, I would say. Uh, but they're all amazing. I mean, the, the the there's real chemistry there between them. And the filming actually began in 1992. Uh, the All these stars, the reason they were happy to do a sequel is because they all remembered how much fun they had shooting this movie together. And they said it actually, the shooting was overall, for them, really fun. I think Bette Miller said it was one of the most fun things she ever got to do was this movie. Uh, and it was shot mostly in a studio in Burbank, California, but there are a lot of uh, daytime scenes that were filmed in actual Salem, Massachusetts. And Salem today really plays on that aspect, too, besides just, of course, the very famous witch trials, which may or may not come back later in this episode. Uh, but uh, also, uh, they, uh, uh, for good reason, because uh, this movie became such a part of uh, Halloween culture, uh, really play on that as well because there's a lot of uh, locations you can actually visit and stuff in Salem and there's another town in Massachusetts near that I'm blanking on the name of that you can also that they filmed some stuff into uh, so they filmed this movie uh, mostly it wasn't that I mean uh, you have any difficulties with any movie I think they had some issues with the with the cat and we'll get into that on the did you notice <laughs> uh, but uh, overall though um, like I said most of the cast had a really great time making this and um, here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize. This is obviously a movie that just screams, hey, uh, at the very earliest, put me out in the fall. Yeah. Yes. You know, but Disney had a problem. And that problem was they had two movies coming out the same year in 93 that would be in direct competition with each other. They had Hocus Pocus. And they had Tim uh, Burton. Well, Tim Burton didn't direct it, but he helped produce it. Obviously, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, both of these, I would dare say, iconic films for Halloween came out in the same year from the same company. Ninety three is literally the goat year of yeah Jurassic movies. Park. I think we did, uh, we did yeah Jurassic Park. I think we, yeah we did uh, we did it for our, that podcast a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, so. Uh, they didn't want these two movies to kind of eat off each other, which is smart. You don't want to do that. Uh, but uh, they decided, hey, let's release Hocus Pocus <laughs> just a little earlier, and we'll make it, by golly, a summer film. So it comes out on July 16th, literally in the middle of summer, like just right after the 4th of July. I and mean, that's what you think when you want to think about Halloween, right? You just have right. your hot dogs and hamburgers and cookouts. Mm. Let's get to let's get to that cold weather and the monster <laughs> yeah. talk. Let's just go right for it. Yeah. And it came out to mixed reviews and it was not a big hit upon its release. It nope. really was not. It was kind of a whimper, which going into it like we, like I just explained, it had a lot going against it just on the release date alone. I, yeah, Jurassic Park was still going strong at that time, too. I think that was a big issue. And I think also I read Disney re-release Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs around yeah. that time. Like, what do you do? Just just take the day and think, like, just literally, like, taking an old horse out back behind the shed. And yeah. just putting a good, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, I, 
you, they should have done. I know hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is more of a Christmas time movie. I know there's Halloween elements to it a lot, but I feel like it's a better served Christmas movie sometimes. This is just me. And I, I, th- then, I think the Nightmare Before Christmas is a movie that you can play anytime between October and December. Agreed. So you can actually put that thing out in November, and I think it still would have done gangbusters. So I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, but so this movie comes out, and it's kind of a whimper. So why does it have such a uh, strong place in our, you know, our culture today? That's because they started doing annual airings of this movie uh, on your cable channel. They were like, hey, it's it's a it's a movie that's kind of all ages. Uh, we can just play this on TV. We won't have to edit very much. And they just started playing it. And it really started catching on. And then um, in 2001, the DVD released, and it went crazy. Oh, yes. That's when it really did really well. I'm sure we'll get to that later in Matt's stats, but that's what really started helping it really catch on, and it got a second life. And there are a lot of movies that we love that that's actually how they stick around. The The original release of them is not great, but then they kind of become this cult-like thing that people really love, and it, it builds up from there, and they actually have a longer lifespan a lot of times because of that. Um. And, um, of course, like I said, uh, this movie would do really well after that. Its shelf life was way, way longer than I think anybody expected. And uh, it became, like Matt said, a tradition for a lot of us, I think. And the sequel was released 30 years later (laughs) in this year, 2022, as of this recording. And that is pretty dang impressive, like we said before, to have a sequel so long after that. But that's your story of Hocus Pocus. Uh, now I'm really excited uh, to find some numbers and some stats here. Let's get into a Matt's Stands. His punishment must be more fulsome, more lingering. <laughs> Dazzle me, my darling. <laughs> Let's see, amnesia, bunions, children's <laughs> We can do better than that, I think. Let's see what we have. Oh. All right. Welcome to the Matt Stats portion of this episode, focusing on Hocus Pocus. As Johnny mentioned, the movie released on July 16th, 1993, with a runtime of 96 minutes and a budget of $28 million. Um, it ended up grossing just a mere $45.4 million. However, it is deemed a success. Um but uh well kinda sorta. I guess Disney lost a bunch uh in it, but again, timing is everything. I think they made it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh for sure. For sure. So uh I've been looking through a couple different sites for for information, for for guidance, uh and whatnot. And uh yeah, I found uh the numbers.com and then the other site is Box Office Mojo. So the opening week, July 16th to the 22nd, it made $13.2 million. But the opening weekend was eight, uh, $8.1 million, uh, which was about 18.4% of its overall gross. Uh, domestically, was uh, it didn't get a big international release, but uh, domestically it was... Like ninety seven point seven percent of its earnings, um, 
Uh, let's see here. Well, yeah. When you think about that, that sort of makes sense. Not that a movie that has a lot of uh, um, like American things in it can't do well overseas, but you know this movie relies heavily on the setting of Salem, Massachusetts, and that's very much you know like a part of American history there. For sure. No, I mean it. it, it yeah, played an absolutely massive part um, in all that. People just love the idea of Salem. Uh, so yeah, that was that opening weekend was by far its best date. It dropped thirty four percent this, uh, or excuse me, thirty four percent the second week, uh, and it just kept dropping and dropping and dropping, and it was really low. It hit uh, two hundred fifty six as far as earnings go, um, two hundred fifty six thousand dollars in September t- the week of September tenth, nineteen ninety three. And then picked back up around, uh, yeah, because it looks like they, yeah, they, I think they they put it out again. That's what I'm gathering is it just it did so bad and they kind of put it maybe extended it a little bit. Maybe I'm misunderstanding this uh, just a tad, but it went up and down and up and down. It's last weekend in theaters, November twelfth, nineteen ninety three, uh, earning only uh, one hundred fifty thousand seven hundred seventy five dollars. Which I say only, but I would kill to have that, um, <laughs> hands down. Uh, let's see, video sales, all right? So weekly U.S. DVD sales. So um, this only goes back to 2008. I'm not entirely sure why, but um, but it's had really, really strong sales. And when you consider, too, the time period that is, right? DVDs are still there, but Blu-ray is the next big thing, I think, around this time, right? Um, it's best... And I was just looking this up. Uh, it was very recently, too, within the last couple of years. But you could definitely see a massive drop. Um, let me just double check this. One, 20. Okay, so it was actually 2018 that they had their uh, their best. No, sorry, 2019 um, was their best weekend of unit sales for DVDs, October 20th, 2019, 125,553 copies of the movie uh, were sold. This is based on different retail report reports and, and, and whatnot. So and just think about how impressive that really is, not just because it came out. That's so much longer after the movies come out. And of course, like we've already established that it didn't do as well as they had hoped, but also, because 2018 2019 this is when physical media is already starting to phase out and Correct. it's way more downloaded stuff and you got your streaming services going pretty strong i don't think disney plus had really got started by then but no uh, it started uh i remember it started during covid i think it was 2020 when yeah when, yeah uh, so uh, but still the fact that that was the selling that was its strongest was then is impressive to me yeah Oh, for sure. Um, and actually, the data goes all the way up on here to up to September 4th, uh, which there were still 5,450 sold in that week with an overall of 5,811,016 uh, DVD sales. Now, Blu-ray has done pretty dang well itself, um, obviously a little bit lower in numbers because uh i don't know blu-ray was great for quality and such but again blu-ray got popular right in that streaming service era it's best weekend for that or best week uh october 28th 2018 104,560 units sold for that and uh overall 1.4 
million uh, Blu-ray sales. So pretty, pretty cool in that regard. Uh, it did see a recent boom, though, thanks to, well, I shouldn't say that, but due to COVID and movie theater closings, uh, Hocus Pocus became a very, very popular drive-in movie theater uh, oh. experience, and it did very, very well for itself. Of course, um, in 2000, yeah, it, it topped, uh, yeah, it, it was re-released. Uh, box office took it in the first weekend of October, it brought in about $1 million. Wow. And, um in 2020, overall, it earned 4.8, an additional $4.8 million. Um, or maybe it was 2021. Let me see when this, this is from slashfilm.com. Um, yeah, so that was 2020. So it's it seen a, a big push. I mean, come on, drive-in movie theater and Hocus Pocus. It's a match made in heaven. So Yes, yeah. Um, but that's really the, I mean, that's the, that's really the gist of it. So uh, basically to further the point, you know, the, the re-releases, uh, you know, every year for the th- 13 days of Halloween or 30 days, whatever ABC family would do, um, helped spark its popularity. And then it became a, became the perfect $5 bargain bin box DVD and people just ate it up. They just ate it up. I and, was one of those. I remember, yeah. I distinctly remember seeing it for like five or seven bucks at Target years and years ago and i was like well this is a easy purchase <laughs> easy 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 um but that is it everybody for matt's stats now let's head on over to johnny's did you know winifred sanderson eh what hast thou done with my son, Thackeray? Thackeray. Mm. This is terribly uncomfortable. Sisters, sing. Ah! I spy with Mercury, you're a fire, spit upon the twelve. Don't listen! Over your ears! Listen to them not! Welcome to Did You Know? Of course, the role of Max, that's the main kid, and it's, he's the he's the virgin who lights the candle uh that role was originally offered to a very famous actor of course by the name of leonardo dicaprio and leo uh i can call him leo we're on a first name basis (laughs) Uh, he was offered uh he actually said this in an interview recently that he was offered a ton of money to do this and this is very early on in his career obviously and he turned it down because um, he was up. He actually didn't even have it yet, but he was up for the role in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And he wanted really wanted to do that. And that's why he turned this down. And he did that instead. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. He just destroyed his entire He destroyed his entire career. Yeah. Made the wrong never, choice. Never heard of again. Nope. <laughs> I'm glad he died in the Titanic. You monster. Yeah. I'm glad that. Uh, Rose didn't realize there was totally enough room for him to be on that floating piece of wood with her. Actually, honestly, I think the fact that Leo isn't in it, I might like it more. I feel like it's it's cool when some of these cult classics have virtual unknown actors. Yes. Yeah. I think that I mean, obviously, the witches were, you know, were pretty big name actors and and they, they would become some some of them would become that. But I yeah, it's sometimes it, if the if there's too much superstardom, it's hard to become a cult classic. 
Well, also, you just don't want to, you know, the main drawing of this power of this movie would obviously be the three Sanderson sisters. And, uh, you know, so I think he might have taken away from it a little bit. But all most of these people in this movie would go on to have pretty good careers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, Binks the Cat, of course. Let's talk about Binks the Cat. Uh, when in human form was played by Sean Murray, who still acts today. Apparently he plays uh a character named mcgee i don't watch this show but i know it's a big show my parents love this show ncis uh he's on there and still does really well for himself but here's the wild part uh when he was a cat though he's voiced by jason marsden however not only did he voice the cat he would end up voicing the human so as you're watching sean murray act the voice coming out of that uh, out of his mouth is actually jason marsden's and that's because they wanted those voices to match. <laughs> you know, like uh, if you listen, if you go back and really listen to Binks when he's a cat talking, uh, well, actually any of it really, but he has a very distinct sort of old uh, sounding dialect with how yeah, he talks and yeah. stuff like that. So that's why they did that. They really wanted that to match. That's so. am- I no idea. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know why I never even realized that. Um, uh, of course, uh, still sticking with Binks, multiple cats were used for Binks, multiple live cats. And uh, they, that's the reason for this is that they had cats that had different skills, of course. You know, some of them were really good at one thing and other ones were good at other things. Uh, they did have a few issues with these cats. I mean, anytime you have animals on set, that's they can even well-trained ones. I was going to say, what, what do you think? They're, they're cats. They don't listen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they literally I mean, don't listen. I I watched you ask your cat to get off the damn podcast table, and it's just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love I love my cats, uh, but they also love to uh, just try once put a board game on the table with them. Around. <laughs> just, I dare you. <laughs> they will not have it. <laughs> uh, but also, of course, obviously, anima uh, animatron. Uh, I can't even say the word animatronics. We're also used occasionally, especially for like facial expressions and stuff like that, because uh, he does make facial expressions and stuff when you're when the camera's on him, and you can definitely tell it's obviously animatronics by then. But I really wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that old stuff like that. All right, so let's talk about the zombie Billy Butcherson. Uh, was played by Doug Jones. He actually has done a lot of stuff, still going strong in his career. He's done he. Uh, he has to be one of those people who has spent more time than anybody else in a makeup chair because he he's uh, really well known for doing these creatures and characters. He's also done a lot of, uh, like he was uh, one of the creatures, main creatures on Penn's Labyrinth. Um, he's done a lot of creatures like that. I think he was in Hellboy. Uh, he was, he's been in so many of these things where I don't know how this guy does. It's just impressive, but uh, he's one of my favorite characters in this movie. Uh, but there's a, there's a scene when he first opens his mouth, where he finally gets his mouth unzipped, he cuts it up, and his moths and stuff fly out of his mouth. Those were real moths he had in his mouth for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he just wanted it to be Some real. Jared Leto-esque method acting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> for him. They had like some kind of a device that he could ha- hold in his mouth that held the, the moths, and uh, when he opened it, his mouth, they'd come flying out. Uh, so there's, uh, one of the things that's fun in this movie is, uh, uh, Winnie played by Bette Midler, all these, uh, things she would call people, these old, 
curses, I guess you would say. And those are all actually authentic to that time period of when she would have been around originally. She actually had somebody who had a book of old um, language and curses from that time period walk around behind her and would would feed her some of these when she's in these scenes. Hmm. And that really adds to it for sure. For sure. And we're going to end on this. Uh, before Bette Midler jumped on board, it was going to go to Cloris Leachman. And of course, Cloris Leachman was a, you know, rest in peace. I believe she's passed. <laughs> I feel bad if she hasn't. Sorry. Either way. I'll Google it. I got you, fam. But she's awesome, though. She's an incredible actor. So, but this uh, movie was meant for Bette Midler. Yeah, she's gone. She gone. Okay. <laughs> Last January. So I thought 20, so. 2021. I thought so. All right. So rest in peace for sure. She was really, really good too. But uh, this was Beck Miller's movie, 100%. Uh, this was the, the, I think this is one of those movies where uh, who was meant to have it got it. So that's kind of what happens there. But that's uh, a lot of the did you knows in a nutshell for Hocus Pocus. Let's get into where this movie, uh, or I guess franchise now, stands in pop culture today i call my little sister roast him Woody. no let me let me play with him I, I mean it's become a halloween staple matt so i can't i you can't look at this movie even if it's not your cup of tea uh you can't look at this movie and say that it's not going to keep going strong i mean they Literally just put out a sequel to it 30 years later. <laughs> yeah, enough said, honestly, right? Yeah. And I think they came out and said that that sequel was the number one, as of, of course, then the number one movie um, debuting on Disney Plus ever as of right now. Like, they had the most views. I'm sure. Oh, I I, I believe it. I, I It was everybody was talking about it for for months and months actually it's been talked about for years and years yeah. everybody's there's been so many fake hocus pocus to like movie posters put on the like facebook and stuff and then when it finally drops like oh wow they feel everybody feels vindicated they got to see it so yeah yes uh so it's gonna stay around for a long time it's just a fun movie you know uh, it's just one of those where it's just a goofy thing there's so many things in it that you can break this movie down and a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. Like they're from this time period, but yeah, a lot of the jokes and references they make are definitely from past that time period. Right. But it's a fun, just goofy movie. So who cares really at the end of the day, there's, uh, there's so many quotable things from this. I mean, uh, you know, I still quote a lot of stuff from it, you know, obviously a muck, a muck, a muck and stuff like that. Very, uh, very much a part of, uh, as you know, each, you know, I've definitely witnessed in my time growing up, Halloween get becoming a bigger and bigger deal. And it's uh it's probably only sec I think it's only second to Christmas of uh making, you know, as a money making machine, basically. And Hocus Pocus has become a very big part of it. It still gets played on cable constantly. And that's part of their main appeal. i I saw the commercial the other day. It's like, hey, we're playing Hocus Pocus on this day and this day and this day. So they make sure you know. <laughs> There's gonna be some focusing of the hocusing going on there. <laughs> No, absolutely. So basically, Johnny hit it all right, right in the head, right? So fall, football, pumpkin spice, trick or treat, hocus pocus. That's literally like it's everything. It's it's everything. It's immortalized. Um, you know, there's there's really not a whole lot for me to add to this this portion. It's it's going to be beloved. 
It's it's finding ways to reach newer generations too, which is really really cool. It's it is like it's it's kind of weird, but a lot of these like kid can't like these. I wouldn't call it campy, but these all like all ages oriented kind of movies. Um, they don't age very well, like right. There's been some stuff we, uh, um, you know, we talked about where where maybe kids in this generation can't find appreciation for it, for something that we enjoyed as kids. Yeah. Uh, and I think Hocus Pocus is one of those things that people find entertaining. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it, you can watch it right now and there's nothing cringe really. I mean, nothing, I mean, like joke, like the comedy, um, nothing really like cancel cultural a bowl. Uh, you know what I mean? Just really like offensive. There's really none of that in there. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's timeless and it's done a really good job of, uh, you know, being, I guess, ahead of its time, but, uh, you know, just, just open for, uh, interpretation by, by viewers of all generations. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so that is Hocus Pocus, uh, uh, for Matt, I'm Johnny. We really appreciate you listening to us. Uh, but Matt, uh, let's leave him wanting more. What are we going to talk about next time on uh, about the pedal discussion? <laughs> I know. Um, oh, no, retro pop. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so actually, I, I've been I've been telling Johnny I've wanted to do like a million different things for this. He has changed this a lot, but I like where you ended. This up. is my yes, I do too. This is my third. Uh, this is my third choice, but I think definitely my best choice. It's a good way to give um, some structure and something to hone in on. Something I've long adored, uh, especially being a history nut as much as I am. We haven't done. I mean, we've done history, but we haven't done history. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? I think our last, like, or I mean, we, well, we did the wars and stuff, but um, we're going to do the Salem witch trials and the the whole the pandemic in a sense. Uh, yeah. That, that swept across New England colonies back in the late 1600s and right mid to late 1600s. Yes, and yeah. we're going to uh, discuss all the facets of it, uh, all the stats and all the did you know you could ever want. So, um, yeah, Salem witch trials. Up in two weeks for our Halloween. And all I got to say about that is more weight. And when we get to that, you'll know what that means. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening. We very much appreciate each and every one of you uh, poppers out there. That's what I've, I don't know why I've called you that. I'm sorry that I did, but it's, it's too late. It's happened. <laughs> but for Matt, I'm Johnny. Thank you for listening to Retro Pop. A muck, a muck, a muck. <laughs>